Hello and welcome to another episode of the Architects Are From Mars and Builders Are From Venus podcast, brought to you by Ruby Sketch. Let's get started. Okay, thanks for joining us for episode five. My name is Drew Povey and I'm your host. Now, the reason we're doing these podcasts is because we are passionate about the design and construction industry. Many companies say they are, but we actually mean it. And we believe that if everyone in the industry better understands each other, we'll communicate better, leading to stronger relationships, more sustainable design and construction, and more profitable businesses. So in this series, we'll be talking to architects, designers, builders, estimators, and product manufacturers. We want to discuss the issues that are costing each profession time and money, as well as taking a look at what we could be doing to create more successful businesses. Before we start, we'd like to give special thanks to our platinum sponsor, Brickworks Building Products. Brickworks are one of Australia's largest building product companies with a product range that includes bricks, pavers, stone, masonry blocks, precast concrete panels, and the list goes on. They lead through style and innovation, creating beautiful products that last forever. In this episode, we're going to be speaking with Greg Hamlin. Greg is the founder and owner of Builders Profits and Trades Coaching. Having grown up in a family of tradespeople and with over 20 years of experience as a coach, Greg is determined to help everyone in the construction industry to build better businesses, increase profits, and live the life they want. Hey, Greg, thanks for joining me. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Drew. And yourself? Yeah, I'm well, and I'm, I'm very keen to jump right in and find out more about Builders Profits. So tell our listeners a little bit about what you do. Okay, so uh, yeah, Builders Profits, well, actually, it started out as Trades Coaching um, is the main company. It's, uh, Builders Profits is, uh, is uh, something we set up mainly to focus on the building construction industry. We work with um, anybody that's in the construction industry, uh, and that is to really help them with three main areas, you know, marketing, uh, getting their marketing working right. Uh, we actually started up some done-for-you services not long ago, and we also do you know, training around sales because you know without marketing and sales, people don't really have a business, so you've got to be able to market and market to get the right people, not the tie-kickers and time-wasters. And then the sales is really converting, those, converting the better quality people into good quality customers. And then once we get the customers, it's really about using our... We do one-on-one coaching and coaching and training services for you to run the business better, you know, to be able to get more out of the business. So some people are looking for more leads. Some some people are looking for how to sell and, and close those leads. So they've got plenty of good leads, but they don't know how to sell them. And then there's the other people that have got plenty of leads and plenty of uh, plenty of customers, but uh, not really making the profitability or, or um, you know, they've got no systems and processes in place in the back end. So it's really about helping them improve their businesses as such. Yeah, and so you are predominantly focused on trades and builders and contractors, but you also are doing or helping uh, designers, draftspeople and architects, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. So years ago when I first started, one of the things we saw was a, a, a miss was when I was working with plumbers and electricians, we found that um, you know they were having problems with the builders. And uh, since starting working with the builders, we've found that Sometimes we have challenges with, um, you know, getting the right communication between the builder and the uh, draftsman, per se, or the uh, designer. And so that's why we thought we'd get in and help the construction industry as a whole because, uh, you know, it's uh, if we can get everybody working together, it means everybody makes more money and we get better better things. We can get rid of free quotes and all that other rubbish that we've got in the industry at the moment. So that's why yeah. we went down that track. 
Right. And so, but you're also, even though you've got an Australian accent and, and you are based out of Sydney, uh, you are also, or you have offices in the USA, right? Yeah, yeah. I've got Keith, uh, is my senior coach over in the US. He's in Pennsylvania. He works with our clients both here in Australia, the UK and the US. Okay. And so, yeah. And so you also are working with uh, Europeans and basically anyone that reaches out to you in the design and construction industry. That's why I thought it would be great to have you on on board today and have a chat. And what I'm really interested in in talking about is obviously how to make better businesses. And I think that a lot of uh, builders and contractors and trades and architect designers, the whole gamut, all of us kind of do stumble when it comes to creating a really successful business from the business side of things. Because you might be great at what you do uh, on the day-to-day, and that might be designing or drafting or building, but you're not super great uh, or knowledgeable when it comes to the business side of things, particularly marketing and how you stand out from the crowd. So let's jump right in and talk about how some of the things that you want to discuss today so that people can create better businesses. Yeah, so what I thought we'd focus on a little bit today is how to stand out from your competition because, as you're saying, you know, people are good at their trade as such, whether it's a designer, draftsman or or a um, builder, electrician, those sort of trades. They're good at what they get taught there, but they don't get taught how to do marketing when they're doing getting their licences or certifications and that sort of thing. And so uh, I thought there's two main keys to freedom in a business, which is marketing and sales, and I thought we'd focus mainly on marketing today, which is you know how to stand out from your com- competition. So one of the areas that we really want to look at is, you know, when people don't see value, they'll always argue price because everybody talks about, you know, price shoppers and they get all these tie kickers and time wasters and that sort of stuff. And, and it really comes down to if you don't see enough value in something, um, then all you've got to do is to, to compare on is the actual cost of the item. So an example of that is, you know, you look at everybody out there, they're doing, um, they're doing free quotes, right? Um, and so that's not really a point of difference. And when, when I talk about this in, in the workshops, I talk about, you know, there's insurance companies taught us years and years ago that we've got to get um, three quotes. You know, how many quotes we have to get? Normally a minimum of three. And, and for some reason in the building construction industry, it's always, you know, five or ten or more, you know. <laughs> I don't know why they seem to want to go more, but it seems to be more like, you know, they, they get six or seven quotes for one construction job. And then some clown 50, 60, 100 years ago turned around and said, hey, why don't we make free quotes our point of difference? Well, unfortunately, the industry is now that that's saturated with free quotes. It's not a point of difference anymore. So if you don't have any real point of difference and everybody's out there going, we do free quotes and everything looks the same, then people end up uh, competing on price. The only thing that, like I say, the only thing they've got to compare on is price. So when it comes down to this, you've got to really stand out. What, what's your point of difference? And um, and what I mean by point of difference is um, a real difference. You know, platitudes, people, I don't know if you understand the term platitudes, but a lot of people use platitudes as their point of difference. They, uh, you know, we do quality, we do a good price, I'm on time, all those sort of things. Now, as a customer, I expect things to be good quality. I want a, I want a good quality product. I'm not going out there saying, hey, look, Mr. Mr. Builder or Draftsman, design me the, the, the roughest, ugliest looking house uh, or Mr. Builder, give us the roughest job you can do. I'm not looking for that. I'm actually looking for a quality job. So I want the quality to be there and I want a good price. I naturally yeah. want to you know, see value and price work together. Um, and I want the, the job to be done on time. I don't want to be 
sitting there waiting three months later for a drawing to come out or, or three months later for, you know, for something to get started or, or somebody to get back with a quote, any of those sort of things. I really want things to be on time. I mean, I'm, you know, it's a large investment most times. Uh, it's, it's one of the larger investments you'll make in your life is, is doing something around building a new house or something like that. So when you're parting with that money, put yourself in your customer's shoes. What would you expect to have? What do you expect and what do you want? So, so the first part of that really standing out is having a real strong point of difference. And it could be as simple as a guarantee. Now, we use a guarantee in, in, in our actual one-on-one -on -one coaching program, and that is, you know, if we coach you for 12 months and you don't make more than you spend with us, we'll coach you for free until you do, right? And our other point of difference is we only work with people in the construction industry. We don't work with the local milk bar. We don't work with, with hairdressers. We don't work with anybody else. So we have tools and templates and, and stuff that's going to help builders and contractors and draftsmen, the people in the construction industry, be able to, to get their businesses grown better from there and understanding you know, what that point of difference is. So coming back to your own business, looking at your, your own business going, what is my point of difference? Why would I choose you over somebody else? Does that make sense? Yeah, most definitely. Really? And also, I, I yes. do find that, unfortunately, in our industry, we do focus on price. And it's it, something that we all need to get away from. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. You know, when people don't see value, they'll argue price. So then it really looks at that point of difference, making yourself stand out from the crowd. And, and part of that could also be coming back to the basics, fundamentals, understanding the buyer's journey. Right? So the buyer's journey is made up of future buyers, soon buyers, and now buyers. And so what that means is let's say somebody might wake up on a Saturday morning and they go, hey, honey, let's go and have a look at the display homes today and we'll have a look and see what we like and that sort of stuff. So they're really right down the future part of the, the buying. It might be six, 12 months, 10 years before they even buy anything. So, but what happens is a lot of people just focus on the now buyers and they don't focus any attention on the future buyers. And that's really about understanding what the future buyer is looking for. They think, oh, yeah, they're just a time waster, a tyre kicker. But if you use a qualification process in your sales and understand where they are on the buyer's journey, you can give them the right information for where they are. And that's, again, what marketing is all about, is giving them the, for the, right, the right information for where they are on that journey, whether they're, they're um, looking, if they're future buyers, they're really looking for benefits of ownership. So an example of that was, let's say, um, you're putting a, a sunroom onto your house, right? So what's the benefits of ownership of a sunroom? Well, the, the first one is it's going to add more light to the home. It's going to, you know, if it's in the right thing, it's going to add more heat to the home or it's going to be more environmentally, you know, you're going to be, um, you know, you're just looking for the main benefits of ownership of owning that and, and what it's going to impact for them in their personal life. And then once they move from... The, the future buyers to get into the soon buyers, that's when they're starting to go, okay, well, let's, let's really look at this. What would it mean? Oh, well, uh, then here you've got to actually overcome their objections. And the objections they would, would have there would be something like, oh, you know, the sunroom, you know, it's got so much extra glass on it, I've got to clean it and all that sort of stuff. So, so what you've got to do is then work out the hot buttons or the objections that you've got there and overcome those objections with the right information for that part of the journey. And then when it comes down to the, um, the now buyers, we use a thing called a standards guide. Uh, a lot of clients, we, we, we help them make up a standards guide. And the standards guide allows them to choose you over the competition. Why would you, why would you choose 
me? Well, because I've got this standards guide that shows you, you know, what you should be looking for in a builder or a draftsman. Um, what's the, the top 20, 10 or 20, we call it accelerated discontentment, but what's the t top, you know, 10 or 20 questions you should be asking? And, and, you know, you get a tick beside all of those and you've shown all, all this stuff inside the, the um, standards guide, but it's really about giving them a reason to choose you over your competition and showing you as the expert. So again, it's just simple tools that can be created fairly quickly to give people the right information for where they are on the buyer's journey. Does that make sense? And it's funny that, that you say that because I think that a lot of people in the construction industry, uh, they want to just do what they want to do. And then, so they, they don't want to be salespeople either. And when, because they don't want to be or identify themselves as a salesperson, they don't have the sales processes in places, in place. They don't have kind of any of those other tools that you're talking about. So what I'm hearing from you is, First and foremost, you need to identify a sales process and uh, yeah. formulate it, spend the time so that obviously you're spending that time up front, but it's actually going to save you a hell of a lot of time moving forward. Well, the good thing about this is you, once you build it, um, you've built it. It's the hardest part is building it the first time. The, the, the good thing about it is once you build it, you've only got to tweak it from there on in. You know, you just do little tests and measures and make sure it's working right and, and you do little updates later on. The hardest part is the first part is building it, but once you've got it done, it's there forever. And the other good thing is you're doing something different than what your competition's doing. You know, the competition walks in with a piece of, I mean, I've had this where a guy's come in um, to do a quote for me in some work I had to do in, in my garage and the guy came in and he just picked up a bit of cardboard off the floor and uh, said, can I use this and started scribbling on that. I mean, at least he wrote it down, but he still didn't get it right when he came back to do the job. But, you know, he didn't have any tools with him to be able to help him um, with, the, with the sales, with the marketing and the sales process. And, you know, in today's world, there's so much information on the web now. You know, if you don't do this stuff, you're going to, your competition's going to overtake you. And that's why, you know, you've got to stand out from your competition. And that's, we have a thing called, you know, crushing the competition. I mean, it's a bit of, bit of a tongue-in-cheek thing, but it really is about crushing your competition. If you can really show that you're the professional, and again, that comes down to, you know, one of the points of difference should be your professional image. You know, um, I see so many builders when they come along to some of these functions and you think, yeah, really? You're out there. That's how you represent your company. You know, it's not really a professional image. So, so having these tools makes you look more professional. And like I said, once it's built, it's done forever. So that's probably one of the biggest areas, and that's the main main crux of the buyer's journey is understanding that that buyer's journey. Something you mentioned there too is you know the sales process. Now we're we're big in sales process. You've really got to have a sales process. But everybody's a salesperson. You know, if if you if you're married, you know it's one of the biggest sales of all. Oh, you know you're selling yourself. You know you start sales from the day you're born, right? So so basically yep. the day you're born, you make a noise. And you get food. You, you know, you're selling the fact that you're hungry and you've got food, right? Um, now, it goes all the way through your life, all the way to, you know, you have a conversation with a friend. Unless you're a hermit living out the back of nowhere and have no communication, and the only communication you've got is with, you know, the nature itself, birds and animals, unless you're a hermit, then, you know, everybody knows how to sell. Basically, you know, you, have, you woke up, you have a conversation this morning. You talk to your friends. Now, when you're in, in talking to somebody, it's an exchange of information and ideas. So therefore, that's all sales is. It's an exchange of information and ideas. And so if you understand that selling can be fun, 
Um, and, and that's what it is. It really is just having a general conversation. It's, you don't have to be pushy. You don't have to be any of that other stuff. That you know, I see so many people trying to be tricky with sales, and you know, all you do, need to do is let your marketing do most of the sales for you um, through having these tools and templates, and then have a process like you're saying there before that you follow through and you just be genuine. And, and I, I mean, I'm, I prefer authentic sales. I don't like the pushy sales myself. I mean, I know a lot of people do push that sales, but at the end of the day, you go in, you be authentic. People buy the relationship and people like to buy from people they like, know and trust. So, so that's where I see the sales side of things. Uh, so once you understand that you've got to have a point of difference and people are on a journey, understanding this point of difference and, and, um, and moving along the path, the next thing we really need to look at is, uh, is the marketing triangle. And the marketing tri triangle has been around for years. It was developed by Dan Kennedy uh, about 40, maybe 40, 45 years ago, and he's a big marketer, uh, internet marketing space in the US. And um, you know, there's been heaps of people, you know, change it and becomes you know 17 step sales marketing process and all that sort of stuff. But to me, this if you keep it simple, people follow the simple process. And and again, moving people along that buyer's journey, if it's really simple, then people get what you need. And the, and the marketing triangle is made up of three main areas. Firstly, is your target market. Then message and then the medium and how you're going to get to people. So that's who's your target market, who you identified as your, the people you want to work with, the message, what are you going to say to those people so that you get them into into your uh, business and then how are you going to reach them, where where do you find them, right? So what we'll do is we'll start off with the target market and um, a lot of people say, you know, uh, you know about niching. Uh, and I, I'm, a, I'm in agreement with niching. I, I believe niching is good. So that, that is picking one target market and sticking with it. Um, and that for us, like us being construction industry, we work with the construction industry. Um, it could be new homes or it could be you know, renovations, those sort of things. They could be your, your target markets. But then you, you break it down a bit further. So you look at their who they are, their demographics. And, and I kind of like to be a little bit selfish with this one. I th think this is where you can get be a little bit selfish as a, a person looking at your target market. If you've been in business for a few years, you go back and you look at who were the best customers you had. What were they? And you actually pull the file out or pull them out, make a biggest, the biggest list you can about those people, like who they were, what sort of work they did, was it profitable, um, did, how, why you enjoyed working with them, uh, how old were they? Did they have kids or didn't they have kids? What sort of jobs did they have? And, and really identifying as much as you can about that target market, about that person, so that can then become your target market. And then once you've got that person pulled out, you, you're going to build what's what we call an avatar. And um, that avatar, meaning uh, if anybody's seen the movie, you know, it's that person that you're going to be talking to with all your marketing. So let's say it's uh, Sue and Max. And so Sue and Max are the people that you dealt with. Let's say they're 35, they're double income, they had two kids, uh, they wanted an extra room because the, the, the kids were, were uh, you know, getting a little bit older now, so they needed to have the separate, separate rooms, so we're doing an extension or something like that. And so you really identify who they are. And so now when you're writing any of your marketing copy, you're now writing your marketing copy to Sue and Max. And, and that's just in general terms. That's why we use the avatar side of things. So really identify who your target market is. And on top of that, 
some of the fears and frustrations. So, so um, what are the fears and frustrations? So the fears and frustrations that Sue and Max would have had, and you can actually go back and ask them and say, look, when you were looking for a, um, a, a builder, let's say a builder, when you were looking for a builder, what were some of the frustrations you had trying to find them? So you've got any examples of frustrations? I can give you a few straight off the top, which would be, you know, not turning up, uh, turning up late, not returning phone calls, not getting the quote back. I was actually listening to one of your other podcasts about the communication the other day, and then I suppose that's one of the biggest fears is the lack of communication between, you know, the, yeah. the person that actually is getting the job done, the the, the designer or drafts person, then the communication with the builder, then the builder's communication with his team or these contractors, and there's this whole breakdown of communication. So one of the frustrations could be, yeah. you know, length of the job, the, the communication between the two, the blowing of the budgets, um, all those sort of things are frustrations that people are worried about. And if you can identify those, guess what those, if you can really nail what those frustrations are and if they're really frustrations that Sue and Max would have had, well, then they can go into your guarantee as into why you address those frustrations in your guarantee or address those frustrations, yeah. that then starts to become going back to step one, understanding your point of difference. So knowing what your point of difference is. So if you address those, that means you've got something that's a, a little bit different um, than everybody else. And so that now allows you to look more like a professional. So coming back to this whole thing about target market, um, you imagine... A GP gets paid an X amount of dollars, don't they? So when you go to see a doctor, a normal general practitioner gets paid X amount of dollars, so whatever it is, the $80 of Medicare or whatever. But if you go to a specialist, they're looking at $300, $400, $500 or more for their first visit, right? So the same is true with building and construction. If you become a specialist, people will pay more for you. So, so, But you've got to make sure there's a couple of things that goes with that. Uh, identifying their fears and frustrations, knowing that you're, you're that there's going to be enough market in your geographical area uh, for that, because there's no use being, um, let's say you're doing million dollar homes and you're in a less than affluent suburb uh, in the western parts of any city, we'll call it, <laughs> won't name a city, um, but if you're in those sort of uh, non-affluent areas and you're doing multi-million dollar homes, well, there's not going to be that that work there, so you need to either move geographically or move your target market, if that makes all, all makes sense. But understanding those yeah. fears and frustrations, who your target market is, that means you stand out. You become that professional that people want to deal with, and, and people are prepared to pay more. And that's how we get paid for quotes. Uh, when I do, when we talk about how to get paid for quotes, there's a couple of ways you can do that, and one of it is become a professional, and people pay consulting fees for you so you go out there rather than get doing a free quote you go out and do a consultation then the yep. next one would be things like using uh, I mean, what I like is I love your software because the software when you when you look at your software you most builders get drawings right so they get a drawing um, now selling the 3d rendering on your block of land is a, an absolute killer you know it's, it's no other person's doing that so again using your software for the right application there is another another good piece another tool it's another point of difference right so so you're not just going out there with a with a quote on the back of a piece of a4 paper or whatever however they put it out there you're going yeah. out looking professional um, yeah so so those are the sort of things that are going to help you stand out 
So that's really that first part of the target market. So, so I've actually kind of drilled down fairly deeply in that, but it's really about understanding that your target market. Who do you want as your ideal customer? Addressing their fears, frustrations, wants and aspirations, and then then we can start and build the message up. Right. So the second part of yeah. the marketing triangle is message. And so the message is really understanding uh, it, it, there's four main things to message. The first part is interrupt. And so, so what you've got to do is got to interrupt them in your marketing. Your marketing's got to interrupt them to get them want to react. Now, it's been said that an average person sees more than 3,000 marketing messages in a day now. Where, you know, years ago we see more stuff in a in a, a day than what our grandparents would have seen in a lifetime. You know, and so people say when you're driving in, you've got the radio going, you've got TV, you've got billboards, you've got messages They're all over the place, trying biding for your for your time to take take note. So, so the first part of the message part is you've really got to interrupt them. It's like a newspaper. You flick through the newspaper. Most people will just turn page by page by page, and they'll just read the headline. So, if your headline doesn't grab them right away, they'll just keep flicking pages. And then the next part of that is engage. And, and the engage is really about um, you've opened that loop with the headline. Now you've got to engage them and get them wanting to read more. So so in our, um, let's say we just put it into normal um, advertising speak. So we've got um, uh, an ad, say. We'll just say for an ad. Uh, and an ad, this framework works on TV, radio, any type of marketing altogether, but we'll just use it as an ad. So in an ad, what we're looking for, we've got the headline for the interrupt, then the next part is the benefits of ownership, so the engagement through benefits of ownership. And this is where you can start to address their fears and frustrations, wants and aspirations. We start to go benefit and then feature. So in the engage section, we're talking about the benefits to them, not the benefits to you, the builder or the draftsman. And a lot of people tend to do benefits you know, um, when you see an ad, they normally go, we, we are the best, we're the greatest builder, we're the greatest draftsman, we're the greatest you know, business owner in the world, uh, we do this, we do that, we do everything else. And there's no real benefit in, for me, the person that's reading it. And so people might have heard this too, the radio stations, uh, WIIFM, what's in it for me? And so this is where, when you get engagement, it's, they're looking for the benefits. What's the benefit? And I like to start with the benefit and then throw the feature. A lot of people go, we do... 24, 24 hour call out or we do, you know, we do this, we do that, but that's the feature, what we're actually looking for. What's the benefit? What's the benefit yeah. of having 24 hour call out? You know, the benefit of having 24 hour call out is we can be caught, you, yeah, you can call us at any time, you know, and so, and ideally if you can put an emotion in there as well, that also helps, but really getting that benefit first, feature second. Benefit of this because we have that. Benefit of this because we have that again. So just having that, that process. And then the third part of the message is educate. And educate is really looking at educating them on why you're the first choice, the best choice. Um, having testimonials is a great framework, is great for um, educating people. Uh, case studies and testimonials, I don't know. We, we use a framework for testimonials. The framework is what was it like before? What was it like during? What was it like after? And, and would you recommend? So just using that sort of simple framework allows people to go, oh, yeah, well, I was frustrated with finding somebody beforehand. They were lovely to deal with because they communicated all the way through. Um, and now we're enjoying, and this is where you use emotion, the, they're enjoying the 
lovely new deck on the back of our house, sipping our um, favourite red, watching the sun set over the over the um, escarpment, something like that. So you're using using the uh, benefits uh, to them as well with emotion as to what the actual result was, and then I, I would have no hesitation in recommending J Blogs to do your job. And the last one in the message is offer. There's no point doing all of this if you don't get them to pick up the phone and give you a call, or if you don't get them to download your free report, or if you don't get them to do something. You've got to give them an offer that's going to make them take the first step. And so in your message, you've got to tell them what it is. Now, a lot of times people will go, they'll write up an a, a, um, ad and they'll just put a phone number down the bottom of it. But it's been shown that if you tell somebody to call now on such and such, call, call Jim now on such and such a phone number, that there's 23% more uptake to that ad, right? So it's really about telling them what the next step is to do. And so that's the, that's the first two parts of the um, marketing, the 3M triangle, which is the target market and the message. The next one is uh, the medium. And um, a good friend, a copywriter of mine, Pete Godfrey, said, you know, one is an evil number. Um, having one leg of marketing is an evil number. So imagine you've got a... a um, a one-legged table, right? And, you, and just imagine you've got this table with one leg in the middle of it. Now that leg breaks, then the table's on the deck. So the same's true with your marketing. If you've got a one leg of marketing, and a lot of people say to me, oh yeah, we've got referrals. Um, that's great. Referrals is a great leg of marketing to have, but if that breaks by any way, shape or form, and I'd say I met a guy from the Gold Coast who spent two years on one job and at the end of that job, he had no referrals and no job, no work. So he had one leg of marketing and so his one leg of marketing broke. So the idea is to shove three or four or more legs of marketing underneath so you get a steady flow of leads coming into your business. And so you imagine you've got three legs on a table now. It's still a little bit wonky. You shove a fourth and a fifth leg of marketing underneath it or a fourth or a fifth leg underneath that table, that table becomes a lot more solid. And so the same is true with your marketing. So having multiple ways to attract your ideal target market. And it could be things like, I mean, I, I'm a big advocate for paid advertising because paid advertising, uh, things like um, uh, Google AdWords and Facebook ads, uh, we do that. We've got a client that we work with, build a website for at, uh, just before Christmas. And consistently we can drive leads to his business because it has that consistency about it. All right. So where sometimes, um, you know, just doing uh, blog posts and that sort of stuff can be can take time and be inconsistent. So, so really having multiple ways to attract um, people to your business. So having things like paid marketing, having things like blog posts, having things like um, uh, you, you could even do TV and radio and those sort of things, coupons, that sort of thing. But you can do a lot of things to be able to add, get people into your funnel because the good thing about having a full, for want of a term, funnel of leads and prospects is you can qualify them well and then you get to work with the ones you want to work with where rather than taking anybody that can fog a mirror uh, has a pulse not necessarily in that order so any any inquiry that comes into your business your time you, you spend more time with time wasters and tire kickers so having those multiple legs of marketing come in with a with a good solid target market message target market and message means you're qualifying those leads before they get to you and your marketing is doing a lot of the qualification stuff for you. So having good quality leads coming into your business. The other thing is professional websites. I, um, one of the things I was just saying about uh, one of the guys, he's a pool builder that we work with. Um, you know, when we first started with him, he actually went out um, 
he had somebody else do his website and, and there's a lot of people out there spruiking about websites and that sort of stuff. And um, the biggest thing is websites can be like, people can build a website, but they don't know how to drive traffic to it. So you get a designer, and I'm, I don't mean this, this is not like our construction designers, but you get a, a web designer that will go and build a, a design, but they've got no idea how to drive traffic to that web page. So they only do half of the job. And so what, what, uh, what I believe is you should have a good quality website with a lead capture form on that website. So your website's actually working for you rather than just sitting there statically and then have a process behind that to nurture those people along the buyer's journey. So give them the right information for where they are on the buyer's journey from your lead site. So uh, from your website. So your website can be a great form of being able to get people into your business and having uh, the proper framework hooked up behind it makes it a uh, marketing tool rather than just a, uh, for want of a, a term, you can actually get a really pretty built website uh, and it's just like having a, a, a pretty billboard in, in the desert. There's no traffic going past it. So you've really got to get, get um, that process, having that process where you've got the website and the tools behind it to be able to drive leads into the business. Does that make sense? Most definitely. So one of the things is, you know, doing what you're good at. Now, if you're a builder, you're good at building. If you're a draftsman, you're good at drawing and you're good at getting design and that sort of stuff. So what you should focus on is what you're good at. Let the people that know what they're good at. So like we do websites and, and marketing and we do sales and trainings. So we're good at that. So again, you know, use specialists for the areas that you need to work on rather than taking your own time and doing that and, and ending up with a, a, a an ordinary sort of job, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I think um, you need to get bang for your buck. And if you're spending time trying to do things that and you're kind of just in the dark and you don't really, you're not that knowledgeable about it, why spend that time? Because ultimately that is costing you more money than you know. And I think that even comes back to a lot of, you know, builders and contractors and architects and designers even when it comes to photos and what they're actually putting up on their websites. So often a lot of small and medium businesses won't actually even get or won't want to spend the money to hire a professional photographer. So they might have done the best design that you'll ever see in your life and the, and the builder or contractor might have had the best detailing and, and it's, everything's come together and looks fantastic. But because you don't want to spend the money on professionals, you end up displaying or presenting your work in a horrible way, whether it be thinking that you can take the photos yourself just to save a few bucks. But it's actually, it goes back to image for me, and I think it's one of the biggest things that affect our industry because we're not super savvy with marketing and sales, is your image. And people need to see quality. And if you see a couple of photos that look horrible or half done, or you know, people will judge that. And so a beautiful project can very quickly turn into an ugly one. Yeah, just one other thing on that too, Drew, was uh, at the end of the day, if you can go out and build more houses, you'll make more money than wasting your time trying to do something, learning something that you don't know how to do. So you might be better off paying somebody $50, $100 an hour, whatever it is, to go and do your pictures and getting professional photography done, whatever it is, but you're then being able to focus your time on where you actually make the money, where it's not costing you money. Yeah. So what do you do, though? Do you actually offer that service, or who, who do your clients use to build websites? Yeah, okay. So, um, so it's been a bit of a journey for us. We, we um, 
couple of times over the years we've decided to sell websites and that sort of thing and uh, and um, we found that yeah it was great selling them but the, the problem was getting the content and all the information together so uh, last year we made an executive decision uh, actually one of our clients uh, was actually getting a website built he approached us and he turned around and said, look, I've been trying to get this website built for over six months. The guy keeps coming back and he's not doing it right and all that sort of stuff. We we have a way of teaching people how to use this buyer's journey thing. And so what we ended up doing was um, late last year, we decided to put the team together to be able to build a uh, website. So what we do now is a done-for-you process where um, our team will, one of our team members will interview the person so that we get the content. Because the biggest problem with building a website is you go out and you pay these designers or somebody to build a website and then the first question they come in is, okay, so give us your logo, give us your photos, what content do you want on the website? So we've decided as an executive decision to take that all away and say, okay, right, we need the logo, we need the photos, but what we'll do is we'll interview the person for what sort of content they want on the website. So, so one of my team members will sit down for, you know, anything from 10 minutes to an hour, two hours, whatever it takes to get the content out of the person's head and get the website up as quick as possible because um, it's really about getting a presence. It's, it's having a good website with the tools behind it that makes it work. So, yes, in a nutshell, we decided to go back into doing done-for-you websites but a little bit different than the average Joe Blow website uh, designer where it's just a website designer where it's just a, you know, name, rank and serial number thing, we'll go through and we'll put in an autoresponder, so an email email sequence behind it. We'll get a downloadable report for you. We put a, um, we set up the Facebook page so that it's all, the, uh, all the imaging is across the social media and all that sort of stuff as well. So, yes, we, we do that now as part of our, one of our done-for-you services that we've, we've put together. So if someone wanted to find out more about builders' profits and about how you can help them, how would they go yeah. about it? Just uh, go to buildersprofits.com. Uh, you can either book in for a chat or uh, we'll put a link on your on the podcast page, if you like, Drew, and we'll take them to the resources page where they can download this yeah. and a checklist that we've got as well. Yeah, we'll be putting a link up on our on the, on the podcast page so you'll be able to get those resources from there. But unfortunately, that's all that we have time for today. So thanks for coming along and having a chat. No problem at all. Great, thanks. Well, unfortunately, that's the end of another episode of the Architects Are From Mars, Builders Are From Venus podcast. If you would like to take part, don't hesitate to reach out. But before we go, I would also like to thank our gold sponsors. Builders Profits provides coaching and training to the building industry no matter where you live in the world. Dinsel is a lightweight, stay-in-place formwork system which, when filled with concrete, produces a load-bearing, fire-resistant structural element. And Stramit is a leading Australian manufacturer of raw-formed steel building products. See you next time.